0: about publishing and writing, and to highlight independent bookstores. These friends discuss the books they've written, the books they're reading now, and the art of storytelling. If you love books, and you're curious about the writing world, you're in the right place.
1: Hi everyone, and thank you so much for joining us on a Sunday for a special behind the book episode of Friends in Fiction.
2: I'm Patty Callahan Henry. Mary Alice, you're muted. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Mary Kay. I'm Mary Kay Andrews.
1: I'm Kristen Harmel. And this is Friends and Fiction Behind the Book, a deep dive into the world of our favorite books.
0: Oh. You want to introduce yourself now? <laughs> Hi, I'm Mary Alice Monroe. <laughs> <have> technical difficulties.
1: <laughs> Today, we are so excited to talk to our friend Sadiqa Johnson, the author of the stunning novel Yellow Wife, that has been hailed a must read by everyone from Parade to O Magazine about how she blended fact and fiction to make the devastating realities of slavery and the terrifying world of the devil's half acre come to life. And of course, we'll also have to grab a writing tent from her before we go.
0: And before, before we, we start, we'd like to thank our partner, Mama Geraldine's. I have to say I live on the beach, as a lot of you know, and when my grandchildren come to visit, they use their reusable thermoses, and they pack up Mama Geraldine's cheese straws, and off they go. They like those little individual packs sometimes, too. And in the evenings, when the kids are asleep, um, Mama Geraldine's cheese straws match up beautifully with a good glass of wine. And my daughters and I just like to sit and catch up when they visit. And remember, Fab Five, use that code to get 20% off,
3: mamageraldines.com. And of course, we're also so glad to be partnering with Page One Books, They hand select books for you each month based on your preferences and their book knowledge. And because the reads are being chosen by actual real people, independent booksellers, you know that you are more than just an algorithm to them. The the subscription package, which can run three, six or 12 months, is a perfect gift. I just purchased two subscriptions for hard to buy for friends and they were a huge hit. And I'm thinking about buying one for my readaholic 11-year-old granddaughter. Oh, loves, good idea. Yeah. Molly oh, loves yeah. Uh, Molly loves fantasy. Ah, yeah. The personal, the personal touch of an indie bookstore with the delight and surprise of an online subscription service and it's curated just for you. First-time subscribers get 10% off with the code FAB5 at pageonebooks.com. And you all know
2: that supporting independent booksellers is at the heart of what we do. It's so important to keep supporting these small businesses run by hardworking book lovers and keep them up and running. And this week, we're supporting one of our favorites, the Nantucket Book Partners. You can find their
4: information and a discount code right in this video post or under announcements on our Facebook page. And you can pre-order all of our 2021 novels there, too, or at least the first half of 2021. And just as a reminder, our own Patty, Surviving Savannah, just came out on Tuesday. We still have not exhausted our first week ship puns. <laughs> and I want to remind you. If you haven't already, to take this final opportunity to purchase it during its all-important launch week. Those first week sales are vital to a book's trajectory. And if you order it at Nantucket Book Partners, you'll get a free Friends and Fiction luggage tag and a chance to win an autographed advanced reader's copy of my new novel, The Forest of Vanishing Stars. Thank
1: you, Kristen. And just to reiterate, we all love Surviving Savannah so much. So if you have not picked it up, please do. Do yourself a favor, you will absolutely love it. And speaking of books we love, Yellow Wife has been hailed fully immersive and intricately crafted by Lisa Wingett, intensely moving in a starred review from Library Journal and powerful by Publishers Weekly. Sadiqwa is the author of four novels and winner of awards such as the National Book Club Award, the Phyllis Wheatley Book Award, and the USA Today Best Book Award for Best Fiction. So suffice it to say, we are really excited to have her here. So, Sean, bring her in. So hey.
0: good to see you. Oh my so gosh.
5: I'm so glad to be here with you Yay. ladies.
1: <laughs> We're so thrilled to have you. We are so excited to celebrate this just really stunning, stunning new novel. I get to see Sidiqua around the web a lot because we are both tall poppy writers. But yeah. it feels so good to get to see each other kind of as close to face to face as we're all as really we good can amazed, get, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is about as good as it gets these days, unfortunately. But um, I also follow you on Instagram and I get to swoon over your gorgeous pictures. You and your husband and your three children are outdoors all the time. You are an yeah. avid hiker, you have a beautiful family, and you're always in these beautiful places doing these amazing things. And I'm like, I yeah. wanna be there. I wanna go I wanna be <laughs> But I'm interested has has being outside and like staying active Has that helped
5: you during this really crazy time oh my gosh it has been life changing for me to be outside and my my kids are not you know they're smiling in the picture but they're not happy to be out there I actually have to drag them Uh, well, I was like, she's
1: like a magical mother. Like everyone happy and like drowning,
5: you know. Like, no, I'm pinching them. I'm pinching them behind the scenes, saying, "Smile,
2: awesome. smile." smile. Oh yeah, that's actually good to know.
3: Yeah. yeah. Um, Sadiqwa, let's get right to talking about the Yellow Wife. It's such a powerful story. It just mm-hmm. came out in January, and um. Wow, to such a tidal wave! If you'll excuse the pun, pun, we can't turn it off. Tidal wave of great reviews. Could you tell us a little bit about the story?
5: Yeah, so Yellow Wife is the story of Phoebe Dolores Brown. She is an enslaved girl. When the story opens, she's 17. And she's the daughter of the master of the plantation, along with his favorite slave, Ruth, who is the medicine woman and the seamstress. And she has been promised freedom on her 18th birthday. Phoebe's a bit sheltered. Uh, The master's sister has taken a liking to her and taught her how to read and to write and to play piano. So she's had a few advantages. Well, something happens in the story, which I won't give away, but it's not what Phoebe is expecting. Instead of this happy life that she expected to live, she finds herself thrust into the bowels of slavery, where she ends up at the Lapier mm. jail, which is one of the most horrific places on earth. And there she catches the eye of the jailer, the person who owns it. And she has to do different things to outwit him, to survive for herself and also for her family.
3: You know, at the beginning of the novel, you quote William Wilberforce. You may choose to look the other way, but you can never again say that you didn't know. That's such an important message, you know, that you can't unknow anymore. What do you hope readers will take away from Yellow Life? I hope that they would take
5: away the impossible Sacrifices and decisions that women. And the story is based on a woman named Mary Lumpkins. um, And there are the women like Mary Lumpkins have been blotted from our history. You know, there. It was very difficult for me to find a lot of information about her, but I was able to piece together her stories through other women. And what I hope readers will take away from Yellow Wife is these impossible. Decisions and situations that women like her were forced to live through uh, during the era of slavery in this country and the strength and the endurance and the willpower that they had to change their circumstances as well as other people. There's a lot of sacrifice that happens in this story.
4: So, Sadiqa, I've I've read that on a visit, it was on a visit to the Richmond Slave Trail in 2016 that you came across this story of Mary Lumpkin. Is that right?
5: It is. It was totally by accident. It wasn't something I was looking for. I wasn't even a historical fiction writer. All of my, my first three novels are all contemporary fiction. And it's like the story found me. I was with my family. We were looking for an activity to do. It was one of my hiking trips, Christy. And so we were were hiking along the James River and reading the different markers. And when we got to the marker that talked about the Lumpkins Jail and it was, you know, between 1844 and 1865, over 200,000 enslaved people had passed through that jail. And the owner was mean and vindictive, but he was married to this black woman and they had these children. And it was said that he, you know, was called the bully trader. But he was compassionate and kind to her and the kids. And that contradiction is really what kind of got under my skin and made me feel like I needed
4: to write this story. That is fascinating, especially, I mean, the way you just put it, that the story found you. That, that's incredible. It's almost like it was meant to be. Can it definitely you, felt like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about the research process and how you brought that seed of an idea to life? So when we were on the
5: trail, it was this energy that came over me. And when we got to the end of the trail, we were at this place called the Sacred African Burial Ground. And that uh-huh. is where the enslaved people had been buried. And there was no ceremony. They were just, they waited for the bodies to pile up and they buried them. And that energy of people who didn't have a voice was there and we could feel it. Um, And so that was kind of the beginning of it. I felt that energy. I felt like they were waiting for me. I felt like they wanted me to tell their story. So I just dove into the research. I went to different plantations and um, I, I, I got the lay of the land. I went to the libraries. I, you know, I really just dug in and tried to find out as much as I could about Richmond at that time and about what it was like for the enslaved people who lived there.
3: How did your children react to that? I mean, they They were were, with you, weren't they? Yeah, they were with me. Were they touched by what was going on or were they too young to...
5: When we were on the trail and we were near the sacred African burial ground, a friend who was with us, he, you know, everybody could feel this energy. So my friend, he pretended to play the African drums. And so the kids, everybody just started moving and dancing. And it was like this celebratory moment. I mean, it really was something that I had not experienced before. And so they were definitely, they were definitely touched by it as well.
0: That's right. Yeah, energy is the right word, isn't it?
5: Yeah, Yeah, for sure. incredible.
0: Yeah, well, it's such a powerfully searing book. I mean, when, when you describe the particular horrors of slavery, especially in Devil's Half Acre, it, you can't unread it. You know, it's like you can't unsee something. You can't unread it. It really is powerful. And we had a discussion amongst the five of us. Some of us, especially when you're writing about real people. Mm -hmm. Some of us have to, like Patsy, wasn't it Patty and Christy, I believe, who said they had to actually detach themselves when they write these really intense scenes. Mm -hmm. And for me, I just, the opposite, I get into it and I always say, if I don't, for the really intense scenes, if I don't cry, then I know I haven't done it. So I'm curious for you, do you detach when you write some of these really poignant scenes or do you have to feel it?
5: Oh, I have to feel it. Um, mm. writing for me is like method acting. I was a theater major ah, in
2: college. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. So I that makes sense, the it. two of
1: you.
5: Because you were two, aren't you, Mary Alice? You yes. theater, didn't you? Yeah. It. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh wow. Mm-hmm.
5: I have to feel it. I have to the emotions need to go through my body. I need wow. to I need to become the character in order for it to be authentic. Otherwise, it's not going to come across well on the page. Yeah,
0: wow, and it does. I'll tell you. But I'm curious yeah. too. Do you ever? Um, how do you give yourself a break when you're writing those scenes? Your scenes. Your downtime. Do you have any techniques that you use?
5: After I finish writing, my my workout time is in the afternoon. So I write in the morning, and then I'll run, or I'll hike, or I'll do some sort of yoga—something to get the story out of my body. Because otherwise, oh. when it's time to cook dinner, I'm like all—you know—got all the stress
0: going right. on. Yeah, you know? yeah. So okay, okay. I gotta get it out. Sadika, you have just answered the problem I've been having for five years. I've been gaining weight. I've got to—I've got to exercise rather than drink wine after.
1: Yeah. solving problems yeah. left and right tonight
2: you <laughs> that's awesome so Sadiqwa, first of all I have you know it's say, same as you we don't set out to write historical fiction it sets out yeah. to write us doesn't yeah. it mm-hmm. you know yeah. I was writing contemporary until that story said you tell me or I'm not leaving you alone yeah same. you know Same. So, yeah, same with that's what happened to you too. Yep. Yeah. No, I also, I often feel like not only are we writing our books, but they're sort of writing us at the same time. Yeah. Yeah.
5: I I definitely agree with that. It's like once the story once the story chooses you, you know, you either say yes to it or you don't. But if you don't, it's going to keep bugging you. It's going to keep bothering you. You're going to keep thinking about these characters. And, you know, for me, once I say yes to it, then I then become the conduit. I try and just let the story flow through me and, you know, let these characters do what they want to do. I have an outline, but it's not filled in. It's like a coloring page. And so as I go, I let the cut, I let the characters fill in the color and the flavor and the feeling of the story. That's beautiful.
4: That's beautiful. And
2: I feel like when, when they say that, like you have to write me, you probably felt this way about her. You, you make a couple excuses at first.
5: Yeah.
2: I don't write historical fiction. I can't do that. That's not what I do. And then you have to.
5: Yeah, that's exactly what happened to me. Like when the story followed me home, I was literally on my computer, Googling information about them, but I kept telling myself, I'm just curious. I I just wanna know more. (laughs) And it (laughs) came (laughs) to the point where I had so much Yeah, I had so much information. But I had a friend who came over to the house and she said, Sadiqa, what are you working on? And I'm telling her about the story. I'm like, but I'm so afraid. Like this, you know, Uh I'm not qualified. I thought writing historical fiction was a specific, you know, that was for specific writers, but not me. And she said, Sadiqa, the thing that scares you most is what Talk you're supposed that. to be doing next. And that that opened the door for me because otherwise I was, I may have chickened out.
0: That's a good yeah. friend. Oh, That's, I, like
5: that, I like
2: that
0: line. What scares you yeah. most is what you're supposed I'm to be. I'm probably write. supposed to be writing, yeah. yeah.
2: So we have something we love to ask all of our guests on the show. And I can't wait to hear yours. What were the values around reading and writing in your household growing up? And how do you think that affected the writer you've become today? And then secondly, do you think it had anything to do with choosing this subject?
5: Hmm. When I was a kid, I was an avid reader. I was the one who went to the library every Monday. I checked out seven books. I read a book a day. <laughs> In seventh grade, I can't tell you anything about seventh grade math because I was sneaking my books behind <laughs> my desk. <text laughs> i was with reading you on school. So I was a big reader and, you know, I don't think that I really knew I was a writer until later. I remember writing papers and my dad editing my papers and having me do it over and over again. My mom was really into penmanship. I went to Catholic school, so it had to be beautiful. So I had to write my spelling words over and over and over again. And I do think that that has shaped me, but I also you know, I try and force my kids to read, but they don't love it as much as I did. I so even can't though my make parents, them love it. you can't make them love it. So even mm-hmm. though my parents were supportive, there was something inside of me that was really drawn to stories. And that's what took it to the next level. Yeah. It
0: just, it's
2: amazing. You know, that's,
1: funny on like a lot of levels. My son goes to Catholic school and he was just sitting in here and doing his like penmanship homework. And I went to Catholic school too when I was growing up. And I just remember like, you know, your finger being covered with like the pencil marks when you were like, (laughs) and all of those things. But that is so true. I mean, we can't, You can't force someone to be a reader, and I think sometimes when we try to do that, it makes it even worse. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. like becomes almost like the punishment where it's supposed to be the joy. That's true for everyone. Mm -hmm. Well, Sinequa, one of my favorite things um, that you said during this launch is that Oprah has been on your vision board for years. Um, I love that so much. And so as I told everyone earlier before you came on here, Yellow Wife made the incredible um, launch into the world on O Magazine's most anticipated list. So I need to know, number one, what was the moment like for you when you found out that you were on that list? And two, what else is on that vision board and what's coming next
5: you? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yes. Oprah has been on my vision board and I update it every year. So I'll take some things off, things that have happened, things that feel good, things that I may have changed my mind, but she always goes back and she has, a, she has one place in the corner on the left-hand side. That is the Oprah spot. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so funny that when I made the most anticipated O Magazine list, it was people texting me, telling me, I don't know if that happens with you guys, but like, yeah. I, it was a text from a friend who said, oh my gosh, and just sent it along. And so mm-hmm. I'm sitting in my chair, just kind of looking at my phone. Then I run downstairs cause you know, we're all home. So my husband's office is downstairs. So I run downstairs, I'm showing them the tags, I'm jumping around, I'm doing the happy <laughs> dance. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so
5: it was, it was definitely amazing. And I thought, oh my gosh, what you put out there when you put yeah. things out into the universe, you know, yeah. your words, your thoughts, your actions, your intentions have power. You just yeah. have to believe in them. And so yeah. some other things, my my vision board is just right over
0: there. Oh um, sure. camera yeah. so some I can see it.
5: I know, I wish I could, but some some I'm I'm in the process of redoing it. So I have a couple of pages that are not completely pasted, but I will tell you, mm-hmm. Ava Duvernay um is on my board and she's wearing a t-shirt that says, I am my ancestor's greatest dream. And so oh. that oh, is that. very wow. appropriate for yellow wife. And so Hey that Sadieva, is, would
3: would you take a picture of your vision board and maybe post it? On sure. friends, fiction because uh, but if that. it's private, if it's private, you don't have to. <laughs> okay, because that might be like if doesn't want to share, right? <laughs> if, you guy, if you got the guy from Bridgerton's, you know, bear <laughs> t- on your vision board. we all do, it's fine. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. I have to tell
5: you, the Duke is in my brain, okay, and I'm writing <laughs> my new novel. I'm picturing him as I'm writing one of the characters. I mean, the real
3: hero of
5: 2021.
1: Oh, like, let's just go ahead and God. put it out there. Oh so, my God. Yes. <laughs> So, Can you
5: tell us anything about what you're working on now? Or is it tip top secret? Yeah, no, I, you know, it's funny because I always would just blurt everything out. And then I yeah. have all these author friends who are like, oh, I can't tell you anything. So now I'm like, Okay, maybe I shouldn't tell so much, but I will say- (laughs) So I will say that I am still bitten by the historical fiction bug. Awesome. And nice. so I'm writing a story that takes place between the 1940s and the 1950s. Ooh. I needed a little break from the 1800s. That was yeah. a lot of energy. <laughs> <laughs> that was lot it was a lot to be time. there for three years, you know, and yeah. so I need yeah. something out. Right. Yeah. So yeah. um, it's yeah. 1940s, 1950s. It's a cross between Philly and well, I, I grew up in Philadelphia. So it's a cross between a character in Philly and DC. Same, you know, mm-hmm. themes that I love, which I love, and mm-hmm. women, strong women who have things to overcome. Wow. really big something really big in the center of the story that i won't mm. tell you but um yeah it, i'm on the second draft i'm kind of working my way through it awesome. and uh we'll see
0: that where it goes. Uh-huh. Now,
1: are we talking maybe you can't say this either but are we talking about are these you don't have to tell us who or anything but are these real people or are they um
5: fictional people in sort of a real setting so there, yeah. the they are fictional but i will tell you the character um the Philadelphia character, I've been thinking a lot about my grandmother. Um, oh. My grandmother has passed away, but she had my mother at 15 and oh. she had her out of wedlock in the 50s. And Big what deal. a scandal,
2: what a scandal. Yeah.
5: And, I was, and so I think I'm thinking about her. I'm thinking about that time period. I'm thinking about what that was like for her. And if circumstances would have been different, how would things have turned out? So that wow. was kind of the beginning of this idea for me in writing the not the fifth novel.
2: Wow!
4: I love that. That sounds yeah. great. Well, I can't wait to read it. And how amazing to kind of do that deep dive into your own family history. I, I think yeah. that's extraordinary. What a I don't know, just kind of a, a way to connect all the dots and connect <laughs> your present with their past. That's that's yeah. incredible.
5: Particularly when people have passed away, it's almost like they want their story to be told too. So I feel that I feel the energy of both of my grandmothers, my maternal and my paternal, and Mm -hmm. even my great grandmothers, I feel them kind of whispering and giving me little tidbits of Mm -hmm. the story. I do need to talk to some people who are actually still living though, because I'm trying to get the details right about what it was like moving through the 50s, you know, in the
4: city at that time. So um, but, yeah, it's, it's been fun. It really has been. That's awesome. Actually, okay, Sadiqwa, one of, one of my best friends grew up in the 50s in Philadelphia. So if you want to connect after this, I'm happy to put you into touch. Okay. <laughs> and I grew
2: up in the 60s in Philadelphia,
4: 60s ah, and 70s. That's
3: where cool. I grew up. Yeah.
2: yeah All right. I don't remember see. much of it.
4: But <laughs> 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 so Dequa, I think a lot of our writer viewers would be so interested to know that you actually began your extremely successful career by self-publishing, which is awesome. I mean, talk about making things happen for yourself. That's amazing. So uh, obviously, your incredible hard work and dedication paid off, making Love and a Carry-on a huge success. Mm-hmm. Big enough to land your first two-book deal at St. Martin's, right?
5: Yeah. Oh my gosh, you know so much about me, That's Kristen. Awesome.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I I got I gotta tip my hand to Christy on that. Christy, Christy, <laughs> filled us in on your background. Yes. Can, can you tell us a little bit about that journey for you? I think that's so extraordinary.
5: Well, I started off, so so I was a theater major in college and realized halfway through college, I better switch my major to communications or I'm not going to be able to get a job. So luckily I graduated with a degree in communications. And so my first job was in publishing. And so it was there that I was kind of learning the ins and the outs of the business. I worked on the first three Harry Potter books. Um, at Scholastic Books. And then I went over to Putnam and I worked with Amy Tan and Bishop T.D. Jakes. And so I was behind the curtain, so to speak, in publishing and I was learning the ins and the outs. So when I decided to quit my job because I was having my first child and I thought mm-hmm. I'm going to be a stay at home mom, I'm going to be a New York Times bestseller and I'm going to look good doing it, you
0: know, <laughs> <laughs> it
5: that Yeah, <laughs> 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 but it didn't work out that way all the way. I, I think I was still looking good while I was doing it, but <laughs> I was not published. <laughs> So I had an agent who took my book to market and was not able to get me a deal. And I had already at that point been carrying this book around for about 10 years. So my husband says to me, what do we need to do to get this book off the ground? And we sat, we made a list. I hired an editor and then I pretended to be the salesperson. I was like calling up bookstores with a fake name saying, you know, (laughs) I have this great book by Sadiqa Johnson. You need to have it in your store, you know, and so I was the salesperson. I was going to every outdoor book festival up and down the East Coast and I remember being at the Harlem Book Festival sweating my makeup off in like 90 degree weather selling (laughs) copies of Love and a Carry on bag. So oh it has God. definitely
2: wow.
0: been a journey. <laughs> Without wow. kind of Paying your dues, honestly. Talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And
4: really having an appreciation of where you've gotten to. That's that's awesome. Do, yeah. Quickly, do you have any advice for our, our viewers watching about self-publishing?
5: I would say do it to the best of your ability. My protocol when I was, uh, when I was publishing Love in a Carry On Bag was I didn't want you to know the difference between loving a carry on bag and a book by Simon and Schuster. So it's Um, so funny that now yellow wife is with Simon and Schuster, because that was always my benchmark when I was self publishing Uh, was like, I didn't want you to know the difference. So the quality, the quality needs to be there. You need to hire an editor. Don't have your grandmother or your best friend, edit your book, hire, hire an editor Mm -hmm. and save up some money. Because if you want to do it at a high quality, um, it's not cheap. Mm. Yeah.
4: Good point.
5: That's great
4: advice.
5: it's really, really great advice. Okay, so we
1: have some little fun questions that we wanted to ask you um, really quickly. How did you celebrate after finding out that you got your first book deal?
5: Ooh. 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 That's a good one. I probably went and had a couple of glasses of wine. I mean, I was, I was in New York City, so I probably was hanging out at a cute cafe, eating well and drinking well. Back in the day, <laughs> It. I know. Oh, I miss so
4: days. Those days will be back again. They're, coming. Is, they're, they're, coming. Is, they're coming They're coming too. They're they're nice too. Nice too. So, nice. Boy, you mentioned that you've always been a reader, but have you always known you wanted to be a writer?
5: I didn't. I didn't always know. No, I didn't always know. It was just something that I did, but I didn't know it was going to be my profession. Ah.
2: Okay. My fire question for you. And I'm going to ask you this because somebody asked me this on Wednesday when we did my launch. And I just think it's such a great question. If there was any character in your novels that you could hang out with for the day or have dinner with, who would it be?
5: Wow. Goodness gracious. Well, I'm I'm all about the child that I'm with right now. So it would have to be a character from Yellow Wife. Mm -hmm. And I would definitely love to get, I would love to get to know Phoebe, Phoebe Dolores Mm -hmm. Brown for sure. Mm -hmm. And if I can pick a second character, I I thought her mother was amazing. So to Mm -hmm. hang out with Ruth,
1: the medicine
5: Mm -hmm. woman and learn about herbs and roots Mm -hmm. and all those things that cure people, she would definitely be a close Mm -hmm. second. Awesome.
4: Awesome.
1: I want to Very go calm. to that also. I would definitely want to hang out with both of them. So if you could make <laughs> if you could invite us, if you could invite us
2: to that,
0: oh, that'd be we'll great. With you. Yes. yes. Yeah. All right, yeah. my turn. So this is usually twisted the other way around, but what piece of advice would you wish your younger self gave you now, your older self? It's
5: it's not that bad. It's not that bad. I remember being young thinking that the world is coming to an end. And I would tell yeah. myself, you know, it really is not that bad. Stay in a place of gratitude and all good things will happen.
0: Oh oh, that's oh, good place. Place. I think you should embroider that all around. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you say it again. That was lovely. Yeah. yeah. Speaking, okay. of, yeah.
1: Speaking, of, wait, just, speaking of your friend Oprah, she, um, <laughs> Because, you know, because I mean, she's in the left of your vision board. Like, it's like a step away. She's written a <laughs> magazine. Um, but I love her meditations with Deepak Chopra. And they're like one of my favorite things that she says is if the only prayer you ever said in your life was thank you, that would be enough. I just think that yeah. is the most amazing,
5: which is basically what Sadiqa just said. So, yeah, yeah. The is yeah. gorgeous. Gratitude. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. and the other thing that I do that that our friend, Christy, I'll share with you, that Thank our friend Oprah you. told me, you're welcome, <laughs> you know I love you, girl, so we'll share Oprah. <laughs> but the other thing she told me, or told us, but I'll say she told me, was that um, make a list of gratitude every day. She says, mm-hmm. put three things down that you're grateful for every day. I've made it ten, because mm-hmm. I'm thinking if Oprah does three and her life is that ginormously great mm-hmm. and big, mm-hmm. I surely need to do ten so I can catch up <laughs> with her. That's
2: awesome.
5: um, I
1: love that strategy. That's really good. We should all do that, you guys. Everybody out there watching, ten things you're grateful for <laughs> ten, every day. And every, we'll post, every them. day. We'll post them, and especially we'll now, like them. it really does shift your focus on onto what is going right and off of
3: what isn't uh, so great. Yeah. Sadiqua, what inspires you?
4: Hmm.
3: What
5: inspires me? You know, I want to be great for my children. I want them to. I want them to be proud of me. I want them to look up to me. I want them to say, "That's my mom." You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm inspired by them. I just took a group on the Richmond Slave Trail with a hiking group. So we combined book clubs and a hiking group. And I brought my youngest daughter with me. I literally had to drag her, um, but she came. And at the end of it, she said, "Mom, I feel like everybody treated me a little bit special because I was your daughter." She was like, Aww. "You did so well. I'm so oh, proud of you." And that, that, I will feel that for a good two weeks. I will feel her her, her pride in me for a good two I weeks. I feel it. Oh, That's incredible. Oh, yeah. It really is. It and, amazing. well, and, I mean, just to see,
1: like, I felt proud of you. Like, to see you with all of those women on that trail and just how, like, overcome they were. And yeah. like, you brought all of those people together to learn about that piece of history. And it was it was incredible just to see. I wish you know, I could have been there. I mean, it was just, it was amazing to see. It really was. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for these amazing answers. Um, But stick around for another minute. If you wouldn't mind, we are going to do a couple of quick announcements, but then we have one more question for you before we go. But we wanted to remind all of our viewers out there about just a few things.
3: Well, supporting indie booksellers is one way to keep the communities up and running. And that is, Indie booksellers, really supporting them as part of our mission. And this week, Nantucket Book Partners needs your support. And hey, in exchange, you get 10% off Was' gorgeous novel, The Yellow Wife, or any of our upcoming novels.
4: And don't forget, Patty's Surviving Savannah is out now. And this is the last day to support her during that all important first week. Mm. And you'll get 10% off at Nantucket Book Partners plus a free luggage tag for your own future voyages if you order there.
0: <laughs> and once again, we're grateful to our partners and Mama Geraldine's delicious cheese straws and cookies. We all love them. And Page One Books, whose book subscriptions are like a stitch fix for book lovers. You can find those links and discount codes in this post or on our Friends in Fiction Facebook page. All right,
2: Sadiqa, you're up one more time. Okay. Before you go, you've given us life tips, soul tips, meditation tips, (laughs) vision board tips, gratitude tips. But what we really want is a writing tip. Can you give us one?
5: Mm, A writing tip. Okay.
1: I
2: wanted all
5: those other tips too. Yeah, Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I would
5: say the biggest writing tip I can offer you if you are an aspiring writer is keep your butt in the chair. It Mm. is so difficult sometimes to write with so many distractions. My writing teacher would always say 10 minutes before bed. If you write 10 minutes before bed, you make it a practice, you start practicing that muscle. Next thing you know, it's 30 minutes before bed. And then 30 minutes Mm -hmm. turns into an hour. And before you know it, you have 50 pages in front of you. So be intentional about your writing, set boundaries around your writing time. You know, make an appointment with yourself the same way you would a doctor's appointment. You know, be intentional about your writing. And the more you put to it, the magic will start to come.
1: Hmm.
0: Beautiful. I love that. Awesome. That's so true,
1: isn't it? Oh, we can't manufacture that magic. It's, you know, we show up every day and every now and then it comes out of us.
0: Yes. Every <laughs> now, now and again. We had a, we had another author give a, a writing tip, which was, it could kind of go hand in hand with what you just said. And it was the calendar. And you had to X off the calendar. You only oh, yeah. have like five minutes a day. So that is. Such a little bit, right? But usually, you're like you said tonight. It, five minutes goes to ten minutes, goes to a half hour. It mm-hmm. just, but yeah, growing, yeah. it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
5: I always feel that when I'm kind of at the end of my writing, like when I'm like, okay, I'm done, and then I don't know if this happens to you guys, but then that's when everything starts spilling out. Like the yes. moment I'm like, okay, oh, yeah, this is this is enough. I'm done. Yes. And then it's like all this, you know, all this story just. starts <laughs> Pouring out of me <laughs> when it's like time to pick your kids up from school, and you're like, I just <laughs> need five <Yep>. more minutes.
4: <laughs> so you Please leave yourself rabbit running. trail notes.
2: Do yeah. you leave yourself like, don't forget this, don't forget this, don't forget this, because it's coming I out, do. and you have to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah leave like And buttons today, buttons.
5: I would when I was running today, actually, on my way back. Of course, that's the other thing is when I'm running, you know, you're getting the energy and the story out of your head, but you're also cleansing so that new information can come. And yeah. all of a sudden, the, the words just start coming. So I got yeah. my voice memo, and then I just start talking to myself. And that was good oh, another yeah. Time. Does that work, the voice memo then? So yeah. today was only like the yeah. second or third time I did it. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow when I sit down to write, I'll go back and listen to it, and then I'll transcribe it. But at least I caught the great thought as I was having it. Ah,
0: fascinating.
1: Fascinating. all right. Yeah. Well, Sadiqa, you have been the most wonderful guest. We have loved having oh, you, yeah, love having our yellow wife. Um, everybody yeah. out there who's watching, please do not miss this extraordinary and very important book. Um, we're so proud to have been a part of your love very, that. very long virtual book tour. Mm. Thank you.
5: Thank you, <laughs> thank, you. Thank, thank, you thank, thank you guys so nice much so. for having me, and thank you for doing what you're doing. You guys have filled a space that we needed as writers. So oh. thank, you.
1: Oh, thank, oh, thank you. Thank so you so much.
5: It's yeah. it's fortunate you. to have. Thank you.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, so to all of you out there, I just want to remind you once again, it is our darling Patty's launch week. It is the last day of her launch week. If by some chance you have not yet bought Surviving Savannah, God forbid.
0: Uh, yeah. as
1: Walk, Augusta Long Longfellow would, would be swooning oh. on her painting couch. <laughs> um but I'm we'll be utterly with without it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word. Um but please do pick it up. It's it's the last day of her all-important launch week. And as you might have heard us say, that first week propulsion is very important to um the fate and the future of a book. And plus you're going to love it. So that's the most important thing. We will see you uh, this Wednesday night at 7 p.m. with Jennifer Robson and Ariel Laha. And we'll get a special sneak peek of what's next for our Patty. So we'll see you then. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.
0: Thank you for tuning in. Join us every week on Facebook or YouTube where our live show airs every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on
3: Instagram.
0: We're so glad you're here.
3: Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.